And ladies and gentlemen, we are live. It is February 28th of 2022, and this is the Voice of Reason podcast. My name is Sean Phillips, and as always, I am joined alongside my two co-hosts, the one, the only, Andrew Van Beber, and the great and powerful Travis Kirkendall. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing on this lovely Monday evening? Fantastic. Um, I'm already doped up, so I don't have another panic attack tonight talking about Russia. What did you double up on? Uh, what is it? I'm on. Uh, I'm on. I'm on. My, or something? Have some, you take... Yes, I'm all. I'm all doped up. He's on that Khalifa Kush. He uh, exactly. he, he he had a couple. Uh, Yes, yes, I, I, lit, I lit up a doobie before, I lit up and smoked a doobie before tonight's broadcast. Honestly, if you did the whole broadcast with yeah, that Andy, voice, if you were actually high, that'd, that'd be actually really impressive. <laughs> that'd be pretty great. Yes, I smoked uh, a doobie. Andy's not a, Andy doesn't partake in the ganja. I, uh, as a, as a, uh. As a resident, uh, what do they call those RAs? I forgot what it stood for now. But I was an RA in college, uh, and I, I I smelt my fair share of at a Christian college, no less. I smelt my fair share of smoke coming from rooms, and I'm walking. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" <coughs> Nothing. Okay. Hey man, we're just passing around the Holy Spirit, man. Here's my Holy Spirit, dude. All right, that's awesome. Oh, I well, so I smell it every day going to work. Well, like just going down the highway. Well, that was like, what I was going to ask you. Yeah, if they say that they don't. Andy, do, do you know if in Illinois where it's recreationally legal, are do you, are teachers are are they allowed to smoke in? Uh, um, I don't know. That's a good, that is a very, that's a very good question. I don't, I would probably, I want to say it depends. I think, I think they have to, I think it's like screening. There's a, you know, they're, they want to open a dispensary and they want to open a dispensary in Pittsfield. I don't know where that's coming at. So they don't leave there or live there anymore, but I don't know. But we do That's want to welcome a a new broadcast partner tonight. It's not, it's just with our software we can stream to so many different sources, and so we welcome those who are joining us if they are joining us on Vaughn TV Live or Vaughn Live. It is a new streaming service that streams thousands of podcasts and live podcasts, and so that is another one of our broadcasting partners, along with Spotify, Apple Podcast, Breaker. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, and we are still waiting for Pandora. And it is coming along here as, as we keep chugging along. It's actually pretty exciting to kind of see where we keep on expanding to. Well, before we kind of deep dive into today's show, um, one of the most important things is we are brought to you by... American Traditional Coffee. Please make sure you check out americantraditionalcoffee.com for any of your coffee. Can, can I can needs. I jump in? You sure can. Oh, look at that beautiful yeah. bag. Wow. This is this is our new decaf. Uh I'm actually about to throw one in right now. Uh, but I had to had to throw that shameless plug in there. No, that's what the show I'm glad is you for. did. I'm glad you did. And we would also like to say that anyone who 
know the businesses. We we are going to be running an advertising special for businesses that wish to become that would like to sponsor us. Uh, we are, and I'll just give you a little taste of it. If you have a business or you know somebody who wants to have a business, there I've mentioned on our podcast, we will give one free plug. And there's other details that will come with that. If you will want to contact me or Sean or Travis, we will give you the details on that. We are entering into a uh, some new partnerships that we would like to invite uh, local people. And then we're going to be giving like little stickers you can put on your cash register or in your window or something like that to give us a spread and everything like that. And so if you are interested, please contact us and we will... Uh, we will let you know on that. And as always, we have the Voice of Reason comment line down below, 636-344-8097. And also our chat window is live there in the lower right-hand corner for those who are watching us on Facebook Live and YouTube Live and Twitter Live. And Twitch. Oh, and, uh, yes, I, I forgot Twitch, yes. Check us out, yeah. Yeah, and so... and. You know, I'm actually really excited about this show um, with you guys. Not only is this our 52nd episode. Oh, this yes. Is, episode we 52. Are, we are on episode wow. 52, which means um, our next episode is officially going to be the launch of season two. So we are extremely excited, extremely humbled that we have been along a lot of you guys have been on and been on this journey with us been on this ride and it's only seeming to get better um i know this uh for a fact we 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 crossed a pretty big milestone we've reached over 500 likes on our facebook page which is huge um for those of yeah as of today we've had well over a thousand uh downloads on our episodes which is awesome for us and it's only the trend is only going up each and every week i can say one thing i was really excited about this episode to do was a couple of people actually uh, reached out to me and said that they are very excited about this episode particularly um so that was pretty cool because if you are watching our show or listening to us live right now that i'm sure you guys have kind of been following what's been happening in the news as of late and what's going on in the world um and so we're, we're going to kind of talk about just what our week's experiences look like with it as travis gets up in his jumpsuit um and this has kind of been a, a, a bit of a crazy week um and uh you know, it's one that I've been pretty engaged with. Uh, I've probably annoyed a lot of people on my my social medias with a lot of the sharing of uh, information, the information that I got and could share that I would share because um, things are, you know, a bit crazy. Uh, Travis, you were telling me earlier what it was a week ago today that we were we were discussing how Russia uh, officially had declared um independent states in the ukraine if i'm not mistaken that was just literally a week ago yes Mm -hmm. i believe it was yeah it's it's the situation's changed rapidly every day it's been and how it's been crazy to follow how weird was that when we and i just want to share this from from my perspective so we dismissed from school early on thursday because of a snow day and i was 
I was texting. We we all were we all were texting each other. Probably on Thursday, we were. Well, Travis was probably tower climbing, but Sean and I were just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then, I mean, I I came home and I had it going on. I had it going on four different screens on my TV screen, just watching everything and consuming as much as I could because, I mean, it 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 just it blew my mind that I had to tell myself, okay, is this is this is this real? First of all. Are we experiencing something like this? And and just to let it, you know, just to let it sink in, I think was a lot. I don't know about you guys, but for me to take was a lot to take in and just, you know, consume everything in the moment and what was going on and how everybody, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I mean, just how everybody thought this was just going to be a walk-in and the Russians were going to walk in and it was going to be a, a cakewalk and there was going to be no problem and just where it's gone from there. Yeah, Travis, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on you know, the, when when you first started hearing information about how the Russian military had entered the Ukraine and started to have, you know, uh, attacks on the Ukrainian military and their installations. What what kind of went through your head? Oh, I mean. I've been following, so I had known about tensions with Ukraine and Russia for quite a while. A lot of it back when I was in the military, because when you're in the military, you know you're you're learning about that kind of stuff. They're um, they're telling you guys about it. They're getting you ready for it. You're training for it, whatnot. So I, I had known there has been issues, and I know you deployed for for that specific reason too. And then leading up to it, you know, I started to. I, I go back to the Northern Provisions page because those guys have done such a great job yeah. of covering this whole situation. Them, uh, and shout out to like Havoc Journal, OAF Nation, um, even uh, Wetsu, who's like a uh, they're like an airborne brand. They've been doing great coverage too. So I've kind of seen, been able to see the buildup, and then when it actually launched, and you know Russia said it's oh it's it's peacekeeping or we're going to liberate the people that want to be part of Russia. And then we see, you know, how false that narrative was. If, if you didn't believe it already, you shouldn't believe it now. And, you know, I just want to say, I think what's been really interesting to watch. I don't think we've ever had a war, a war like this. And what I mean by that is the coverage that this war has got with social media. I'm, I'm somebody who's, I have a lot of issues with social media, but I you can't deny the impact that social media has had on this specific conflict and the support that Ukraine and the coverage it's gotten. I mean, I, I truly believe this is one of those situations where social media has really brought the whole world in on this conflict. But like you're you're able to go on your newsfeed and get like like minute by minute updates on everything that's going on. You're able to see footage on the ground. You're able to see live, interviews live, and stuff like and that. Live, and live feeds as well. Yeah. You can watch live feed of the war going on. Like there's YouTube channels of it. You can go on Instagram. They do Instagram lives of it. I mean, it's just, I don't think we've ever had a war like that where you, you could just see it in real time. And I think that's, I think it has helped Ukraine by far. I mean, 
before you wouldn't get that kind of coverage. So it's been really interesting to see that dynamic with this conflict. And uh, I got some other stuff I'd like to say too, but we'll get further on the conversation for that. Well, do you guys think that the the social media coverage of this has been why there's been such a, not even just from foreign governments, but foreign support from around the globe from you know people that are in the united states people that are in other nations people that are volunteering to go into the ukraine to you know join the ukrainian military and the gofundmes and the links mm-hmm. you know do you think that this kind of coverage is a, a big reason why at least it seems like the outside support not just from the government but the the, the support of the people is pretty pretty strong with with the ukraine at least from what i've seen i don't know how many um you know tucker carlson's are donating to putin right now but you know from what <laughs> we're we're seeing like amongst the people what, what do you what do you guys think for everything that is happening and like you guys said i mean i am i am totally amazed by what how this is being how it's really being reported this is probably one of the first events that I've seen fairly reported pretty much by everybody and everybody, all, all the networks, everybody is pouring everything that they can into supporting the Ukrainian people. Although I did get quite a chuckle today, Sean, from that, uh, that tweet that you sent that you posted of the one Senator. Oh, uh, what, what was, do you have that handy where you could read that tweet real quick? It was, I will we'll pull it up right now. Yep, but it was, up right now. but you know, I, I, I it was a tweet from Wendy Rogers, who is a Senator from the state of Arizona. She is a hardcore, uh, Trumpian politician, you know, Trump politics kind of individual. Um, unfortunately seems to be batshit crazy out of her mind. Um, <laughs> But her tweet today at at noon said, Germany wants to rebuild the Third Reich. Russia wants to rebuild the old USSR. America just needs to make America great again instead of meddling in foreign wars, nation building, and giving foreign foreign aid. Fantastic. Um, If you go through, and I I don't have it pulled, but if you go through Wendy Rod, it's at Wendy W E N D Y Rogers R O G E R S uppercase A uppercase Z Wendy Rogers A Z. If you go through her Twitter feed, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of tweets in support of Trump. Uh, Tons. Before the actual attacks, if we if you go back, she hasn't deleted all of them yet. There was a lot of supporting Putin. There was a lot of negative tweets about the Ukrainian president, which I'm starting to see a lot of that with these extreme, hardcore um, Trump extremists kind of politicians and and political advocates like i'm starting to see it's mostly them talking about how this is all biden's fault how you know if trump was there they'd be having tea and crumpets with one another in the ukraine and russia and this is one of the weirdest like uh, just partisan politics are like this is 
I mean, it's always, you know, their fault, our fault, but this one's like, people are making it about America when it doesn't always need to be about America. And it's, it's kind of, kind of awkward. Well, I will, uh, you know, I, I do want to, and I do compliment my wife. She is kind of tagging in on and off tonight. She all, she just already commented tonight. She said, do you know that other countries don't refer to us as America because we are not the only country in North America. Only the U.S. would declare United an States. entire continent as our own. Other countries refer to us as the United States or the states. Maybe we need to remind ourselves that we don't need to make America great again. We are quickly losing whatever unity we had. So, Why isn't she the one that is on the podcast out of your household? <laughs> because she doesn't <laughs> like conflict. And thank you, jerk face. <laughs> so but uh you know i do want to provide an interesting another perspective and i just want to get this in before we get this too far buried into tape um uh this was and this is actually uh was made uh within the last two hours the ukrainian ambassador made a statement before the un uh the general assembly and he's also if you want to see some entertaining television Look up earlier this week when the Ukrainian and the Russian ambassador on the Security Council addressed each other. It was a very tense exchange. Um, but this was the Ukrainian ambassador. What time is it now? So this would have been about, it was, it would have been, well, it's probably been three hours now. So it was about 6.30 New York time and 5.30 our time. So this was a statement. And this U, the Ukrainian UN ambassador is reading a a text that was sent to him by a mother of a Russian soldier shortly before he was killed today and he read this today on the on the floor of the UN so I want to share this with you guys real quick if I can get over to it here we go from the screen shot of the Smartphone of a smartphone uh, of a killed Russian soldier. That's an actual screenshot from someone who is dead already. Alyosha. Alyosha, how are you doing? Why has it been so long since you responded? Are you really in, during, in training exercises? asks the mother of the killed soldier moments before he was killed. Mama, I'm no longer in Crimea. I'm not in training sessions. Where are you then? Papa is asking whether I can send you a parcel. What kind of a parcel, Mama, can you send me? What are you talking about? What happened? Mama, I'm in Ukraine. There is a real war raging here. I'm afraid. We are bombing all of the cities together, even, even targeting civilians. We were told that they would welcome us and they are falling under our armored vehicles, throwing themselves under the wheels and not allowing us to pass. 
They call us fascists. Mama, this is so hard. And this was several moments before he was killed. And Imagine if you... So this was... That was... Um, uh, guys, that's 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 pretty hardcore, mm -hmm. you know. And this was—I mean—and go back to what you said earlier, Sean, about social media and and technology and everything that's coming. And for him to have access to that—that that a Russian mother was able to send that to him—and I don't. For those of you who are watching it on the live, you could actually see—he actually showed the screenshots of it, and so it wouldn't something that was created um it, the the human side of this and this is what's been the most difficult part for me in all of this is to look at this and to see these aren't these aren't just you know people living in a third world country the Ukraine is just as industrialized, just as modern as we are. People with jobs and people, you know, with children and, you know, and, and, and just trying to live an everyday life, trying to live the dream. And they're being affected by this in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. I mean, that was the first I'd heard of somebody saying, hey, we're throwing ourselves underneath, you know, the in, uh, underneath these Russian vehicles. And the, and the Russian... We saw in St. Petersburg, what was it, Sun? was it, uh, what is this, this is Monday, so it was Saturday night uh, in St. Petersburg, a, a rally of a thousand people, and by the way, they were all arrested for protesting against the war. There's been over, I think they said there's been close to 1,500 people total who have been, and people are afraid to take to the streets to protest because Russia is trying to quash any anti-war sentiment the russian people are not behind this effort when you when you watch the uh the exchange between and i shared this with the guys in our group chat the other day there was a it was a televised it was a televised cabinet meeting that that uh, vladimir putin had had with his uh with his cabinet and his chief spy was there and he was, you know, he was taking recommendations from people on the committee and he, this chief spy got up and he said, you know, we want to recognize the, the Don, what they call it, the Donsbow region where these, these breakaway, we want to recognize them. And then, and then he kind of stuttered and then Putin's like, Putin's strong arm and the guy and saying, okay, what else then? What else? Speak plainly, speak plainly. Do you want, mm -hmm. what else do you want? And he's like, and we believe that we should recognize the Ukrainian independence and and Putin shut him down and said, we're not discussing that now. And I mean, even people within his own cabinet are recognizing and recommending to him, this is the wrong war at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. And Putin is going to go down swinging. That's why on, was it Saturday morning, Sean, when he played the nuclear card? I think that was Saturday, yeah. So why don't, we, why don't we discuss that for a little bit before we go into some other things? What, That's a desperate move. Why, why do you say that, Travis? I don't think he pulled a nuclear card unless you're 
running out of options really fast. You know, it's, I don't think the problem with the nuclear card. And I think we discussed this before, whether it was on the show or off the show. Do you, do you take it literally or you take it seriously? Like, is he literally going to launch a nuclear missile or is it just, is it all talk? And it's one of those things where we've never, since World War II, there hasn't been a nuclear bomb activated. And so do you call his bluff? I mean, for me, I think, I don't think he's actually going to do it. I think it's a, I think it's a political or it's a, it's a, it's a stunt. Because he's out of options. One of our commenters from Twitch says, "Well, it's de-escalation through escalation," and I think that is a that is a well, just pretty much what we said. But mm-hmm. when you look at what Sean, why don't you make your comment? What you were saying about the Chinese through all of this as well. So, one of the you know, I, we know that tensions with China have been there. There was reports that apparently. Uh, I want to say it was two weeks ago, President Joe Biden, his delegation had met with the Chinese government and had essentially given them the intel that we had on Russia in in accordance with these um, this attack on the Ukraine. And China went and said, cool, thanks. Nothing to it here. And turned over that intel and turned over that information to the Russian government. Okay, we, we, we know that russia and china they're 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 buddy buddy i'm sure that you know their leaders kick back relax china keeps talking about oh come on back man that it's great over here in communist you know it's great in communist china you know you know you want it and putin's probably sitting there like oh i remember the good old days boys trust me trust me if it was up to me i'd i'd have been there yesterday so we know we know that they've been buddied up to one another And now the reason why China has abstained like they did um, at the beginning of all this is I think they wanted – it was almost like a test. Hey, let's see how strong of an adversary or how strong of an ally Russia could potentially be for us. Let's see how they do this with the Ukraine because, hey, we kind of want to do this same exact shit to Taiwan. So – Let's just see if, hey, if we're going to be preoccupied with Taiwan and we piss the U.S. off, will Russia be able to, uh, you know, deal with our, our problems from the West? And clearly, Russia is struggling to deal with the Ukraine. Now, mind you, maybe it's their tactics of sending a bunch of 18-year-old untrained soldiers into their nation to have a bunch of teenagers and young individuals in their 20s um, go out and and die for for the greater good of Putin. But I think that now we we're actually because of the Ukraine. And this is why this is uh, so important, in my opinion, because of the the strength and the bravery of the people of the Ukraine. I think that China at least might take a step back and go, okay, now we have to reevaluate because Russia isn't acting like we thought that they could or that they should. Um, So now we have to go, okay, well, who's next? Because look, look at what happened when allegedly they flew that with a day after two days mm-hmm. after right. Russia originally invaded the Ukraine, yeah, doing those they sent, right. yeah, they, they, 
they invaded Taiwanese airspace. And then Australia and Japan both retaliated just like I thought they would retaliate. Australia said, uh, okay, well, we'll send an, an anti-naval aircraft to Taiwan. Japan said, we're going to send a fleet of fighters to Taiwan. So one of the things like, and, and I've actually learned quite a bit of this going through my international business class and just from doing a, a bit of research, we've talked about it a little bit on here. Australia and China are not in a good position right now. Um, and it is kind of one that like flies under the radar. Those two are as on edge as we are with China, if not more. It, it's it's bad over there. Um, there's a lot of different sanctions and tariffs more. that have dealt with um, goods and services between the two nations, and it, it's it's not good. Japan is the same way. So you look at those tensions, China now sees that potentially their greatest ally might not have had the firepower that they thought they did. Would this mean that we might see China try to mend the mend the wounds with India? You know, um, are, are they going to start really pumping more infrastructure and more resources into North Korea? If we look at these, it'll, it'll be interesting. If we look at these other comments that we received here, uh, we do have a Murdoch sighting. Uh oh. Russia had the same issues. And I and I wanted to bring this point up. Russia had the same issues in Afghanistan in 1979. And the Ukraine, and I like this point, uh, Murray, that you said, the uh, Ukraine is a little bit more form formidable foe than the Mujahideen. And that is correct. I mean, the Mujahideen was just a group of warlords who had come together, most of which were, by the way, funded by the United States and the CIA. And, you know, the, this is going to be this is going to be a bog down. And then uh, we have another comment there from Jay Booker. who says, "I think this is also making China second guess, um, uh, second guess an invasion. In invading Taiwan would be exceptionally difficult, given the fact that it's an island, is well armed, and has a relatively robust domestic ballistic missile program." Okay, and I, agree. you know, what we're looking at here is Russia is not just walking in. Now. Uh, I just I just got a and I just now just got a thing. Uh, so satellite imagery is showing a 40 mile long caravan from heading into Kiev. OK, well, that's that is that is fresh on my phone right now. I don't know if you guys got that or not. A four satellite satellite imagery is showing. A, that's 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 quite discerning right there. Um so what i mean if you're so if you're vladimir putin you know you're looking at this and i and i said this last week and i'm going to say it again this week this gentleman is a cold war relic at the time of the fall of the soviet union he was living in east well what was east berlin by that time east berlin and west berlin had united and he was full of sour grapes he was a, he, I believe that he wanted to make, he wants to make Russia communist again, and he's wanting to do this. He's already, we're, we're, we're learning more about this, this D-bag that is the, the, the uh, Belarusian president who has been in power since 1994. This guy is a grade A uh, class douchebag, and he is a, 
he is he is allowed he is he just uh he signed he he was uh he was quoted as saying the other day we have no intention of invading of invading ukraine but it let but at the same time we're seeing russian troops along the belarusian border uh as of yesterday i believe it was that uh the this this uh and i'm i'm failing at this guy's name right now i probably could pronounce it if i saw it but he is he is allowing for, he's going to allow for uh, nuclear missiles to be put into Belarus, and so this is this guy says he's not wanting to get involved, but yet he's he's promoting himself as a as a as a flunky of uh, of uh, Putin. He was called, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and get his name, but he was he was also referred to as one of uh, uh, of la the last great dictator of Europe. Huh. Interesting. Very. Yeah, I'm uh, looking over um, V, the, the caravan you were talking about, and I'm wondering what kind of air support Russia has over top of it. But yeah, no, I it, it definitely seems like Kiev is, is in for another um, rocky night, and whether or not that's a direct invasion or if they're going to try to, you know, and, and circle the city and cut off supply. Um, the Belarusian that'll be, that'll be interesting. The Belarusian president's name is Alexander Lukashenko, so that's for future reference. But this guy came into power in questionable manner in 1994. Um, <laughs> there were there were pro, there were protests in 1994, which were quickly put down, claiming that he had stole the election, and and so he is and he has run it like his own piggy bank ever since. So. But you know, I wanted. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, go ahead. No, you got it. Oh, so I just wanted to get your guys' insight real quick on one of the, um, you know, the the next wave or topics of discussion. So we we see where things are at with the Ukraine and the escalation that Putin, you know, has 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 gone to, where we are at, and you know, there's still the talks of after this. Where is the Ukraine? You where is the Ukraine's place in NATO? Now it was Finland, and what was the other nation that was going to join? Uh, the, that was wanting to join NATO. Uh, correct. It was, it was uh, la, 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 Finland and Denmark. Denmark. De okay, that's what I thought. I just didn't want to be wrong. No, Denmark. So Finland and Denmark. Now, and it was if I'm not mistaken, was. Was that what had set Putin to the yes. the talks of yes. nuclear escalation? Yes. Okay, yes, because they were showing he called he called it he referred to it as aggressive aggressive measures by NATO members and their allies. So, Travis, I'd love to get your thoughts on on what you think. You know, if if that is the escalation, um, you know, the show of force essentially that Putin is going to try to pull. Do you think NATO allows? Finland and Denmark, um, in what, what do you what do you think the next steps are? And you know, I know that we had kind of talked about if this is a big show or you know worst case scenario. What 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 do you see the rep the real repercussions being if Finland Denmark are um, granted membership into NATO? Ah. Uh repercussions i the only thing i see there is it can i let me just say I think I, not not denmark sweet i just found here sweden i'm sorry is it sweden, sweden. okay sweden. Okay. my fault okay. my fault 
Okay, so Sweden and Finland. Yes, Sweden and Finland, yes. Okay. Um, you know, repercussions-wise, I, I think it definitely makes tensions higher in the long-term and short-term. Um, I, I don't see Russian and U.S. relations improving anytime soon. Um, I see them getting in NATO, though. I, I see it happening. And the reason why, I think this whole situation has really rejuvenated NATO as a whole. You know, we had talked about how, I think it was, Andy, you said that NATO has kind of become this outdated thing. And now it's kind of seems like it's taking life again because of this situation going on with Ukraine. And, you know, I got two things I want to say with this. One, when we originally talked about, uh, you know, the U.S.'s response to this, and we were saying, oh, it's a weak response. It's not going to work. And that, you know, Ukraine needs more. I don't think the world really gave Ukraine a chance in this. And now that Ukraine is showing that, hey, they can actually fight and they can actually hold off a superpower military, I think that's given NATO a chance to kind of jump on this and use their momentum to kind of grow their influence against Russia and China. Um, so I, I don't think it was really Biden's plan that was successful. I think they just got lucky with the fact that Ukraine's putting up a damn fight and they're able to build off of it. What I do find, and I want to get your guys. Go ahead. Uh, what I do find interesting, and, and, and tag along with what you said there, when I'm looking down at the list. So NATO originally North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which was to which was to counter what was known as the Warsaw Pact. Okay, and it's interesting to see over the last forty years, fifty years, the countries that have joined the NATO, and again, former Soviet. Warsaw Pact countries. Um, let me just go down through, just pick out a few. Albania, Bulgaria, uh, the Czech Republic, uh, Hungary, uh, Lithuania, uh, Montenegro, uh, North Macedonia, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia. Um, and these are, those were all, those were all former Eastern Bloc countries. And I find it interesting that now with Sweden and with Finland saying we're going to, you know, Putin, I believe, is, I don't know if this is the last great act of, of, of a desperate man like we said earlier, but, you know, if we want to look at this and say, okay, what do we do with this guy? I mean, he's he's getting let's 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 agree on this point. He is getting viced down when they removed Russia from the SWIFT banking system, and I, that is a final thing now. Correct? That has that been made official now that they have been Russia has been removed from the SWIFT banking system. I want to I want to say yes, Sean. If you can look that up real Sean's quick. Looking it up. But you know, when you look at the sanctions, and you know, I mean, from everything from top to bottom, we're freezing these oligarchs accounts the guys who are probably you know there's probably a little bit of a nudge from these oligarchs that are you know you know that are that have their hand in the american cookie jar all right let's not, i mean the russian the russian mafia is a real thing folks it is it does have its it does have its <clears> place <throat> in, in 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 america 
and now we're freezing everything that looks like, smells like, acts like Russian in the United States. We're now seeing that these Russian, the Russian airlines are not being allowed to fly into many, if not all European countries into the United States. So now the people who want to leave Russia, people who are wanting to fly out are stuck there. Their bank, if they are of any kind of wealth, their wealth is frozen. Russian assets are frozen. And is, is Swift, is that an official thing then, Sean? So the, the last news report that I saw came from 12 hours ago, and it was still a discussion. So I don't know if, it, if they are officially taken off um, of Swift yet, according to the, the news articles that I could find. Let me try one more source real quick. And then that's uh, another comment here that we have is, is they are fighting like hell, but they won't survive with the waves of bodies being thrown at them and eventually wholesale indiscriminate bombing of civilian population centers. And yes, that is because they are no longer, I mean, you're seeing, uh, I saw the video today of an apartment complex being basically ripped to shreds by these missiles. I mean, I mean, you're not, you, you, you targeted an airport, you captured Chernobyl, by the way, I'm still trying to figure out the logic in that one, where a, a former nuclear meltdown happened, and you, good job with that. But, I mean, what is your, Putin's goals are have, that's another thing too, Putin's goals have been out of left field. This whole denazification of the Ukraine. Has anybody even looked into the fact that Zerensky is a Jew? His grandfather was killed in a concentration camp? Has anybody did they, has anybody had that discussion yet? You know, and he's he's saying we we need to de- know that. we we need to denazify the Ukraine. And this is a military intervention. Intervention into what? Because you that what is he there's no to me there's no clear set objectives that he has that is holding any water that is holding any proof this guy i mean there's, there's i would legitimately like to see the exact russian propaganda that we see being fed to you know Russians, what what they're seeing, because I, I know at least for where we're located, uh, typically in the West, where we are typically seeing a more pro-Ukraine side of the war, and we know that propaganda comes from both sides. That's just it, it is what it is. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Um, but I I would truly be interested in seeing what kind of you know straight up lies the the Russian media is is spewing out to Russian citizens. You know, along the lines of, uh, you know, Ukrainians had planned terrorist attack on, you know, Russians here, Russians there. And this is this is why we need this kind of war, because propaganda is very real. And we know we know how Russian trolls are. They're they're some of the best in the world when it comes into infiltrating media and for infiltrating social media and, um, you know, rigging things kind of uh, to sway the way that they want things to go. Um so and and I, I looked again. So it doesn't seem if Russia's removed from SWIFT, I'd imagine it would it'll be sometime this week. But just from what I've read, I, I haven't seen any um, confirmations. But it seems that more and more nations are voting for that to be the case. Sorry about that, Yon. Um, 
So hopefully uh, we'll see some changes there. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. When we see the protests that are happening in Russia, okay, and if it does get to, if it does get to the point where Russia is removed from SWIFT, removed from um, the banking systems and having the opportunity to transfer money if assets are frozen, and if the Russian people don't have access, you know, no liquid funds. If, you know, in a in a few months time when these sanctions really start to kick the butt, uh, I mean, we've already seen how the Russian economy and the short term has been affected. Long term will have even more consequences because, I mean, the thing is, in a week, it's not the end of the world for everybody. Not yet. But no. in time, this is really, you know, where we're going to see issues now. How long, if you guys could anticipate, how long would you necessarily think we'd be looking at until we get a legitimate coup, you know, a la January 6th um, in Russia to where actual power is overthrown? It, I, I, v, you might know this. I don't off the top of my head. Is, is there a way for the Russian people, for the cabinet to actually f remove Biden from his position, or Biden does or Putin, he have protection? Putin? You mean Putin? Putin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not Biden. I mean, they can throw Biden out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Putin. Same, uh, same guy. My bad. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Uh, the, yeah, Putin. Is there? Uh, are there ways for them to? Well, the Russian. Expel him. So the Russian governmental system, I believe, I believe is parliamentary, and I'm and I'm looking it up right now. If I, it is parliamentary. Yes, it's semi-presidential. Constant. It is a. By definition, it is a constitutional republic, okay? Mm. And the 1993 Constitution declared Russia as a democratic, federative law-based state with a republican form of government, all right? Now, this Constitution has been amended three times since its in inception in 1993 to extend the the life of the president and again we do want to bring out that this that putin is only the second president of russia the first of <laughs> course being uh boris yeltsin okay and this is not and i'm i'm doing a scan i've actually got this kind of i'm so yeah he I'll take that back. He is the third. He is the third. Uh, there was one that served in. Well, that didn't make. Oh, that's the prime minister. Okay, my bad. That's the prime. So they so they are parliamentarian because they do have a prime minister as well, which that doesn't make much sense to me because I've never heard of this prime minister before. But yeah, how much say does he get? This yeah, his name is Mikhail Mishushustin. And but uh, the Russian president determines the basic direction of the Russian domestic and foreign policy and represents the Russian state within the country and foreign affairs. All right. Um, they. You know, Vladimir Putin is not from what I'm seeing here, he does have his cabinet. He just like we have our cabinet um, and I'm looking down through here. Man, this thing, this is, you think ours is a long, holy cow. This is, so they're, so they're cabinet then. Here's the government of Russia, which corresponds to Western cap, 
uh, has a prime minister and they do have a a a, a sort of representative system um, their parliament is a 616 member parliament it's a term is called the federal assembly which consists of two houses a 450 state Duma, which is what it was called back in the day, and 166 Federation Council, which is the upper house. And so it does not look like they, as far as a system of checks and balances, from what I'm seeing, just they have a judiciary. Obviously, they do have a judiciary. It's called the Judiciary of Russia. Um, but as far as there's, you know, they're supposedly, you know, they're saying there is a flexibility as the goal of their constitutional provision, and there are there is, you know, a system of checks and balances. So I would say if I had more time to investigate this and to look at this, I would I could look into this and say that there would be there. It's probably in small print, but the, you know, you've had yes, I see that yes. Jay Bookie there, yes, a coup, ha a coup has happened in Russia several times. There has been attempted coups, and, I mean, Putin, but I, again, want to reiterate, this is not, if you, if you were to take a public, if you were to take a poll of what's going on in Russia, if they were to allow that to happen, which they wouldn't, but if they allowed a poll to happen, I would guarantee that you would see probably, in my guess, Maybe 60, 40, 70, 30 against this war. I mean, every it seems like every source, and like I said, I've been hitting a lot of BBC lately with this. And uh, again, Janine's been watching a lot of AP with this. There's, I mean, and they're like, they're out on the street and they're interviewing these Russians as they're getting on the bus. And these people do not want to talk about it. They don't want their faces to be seen on television because. Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't want to go to jail, you know. And there are a lot. And these people, like I said earlier, these people who are protesting are being arrested. They are being put in jail. Okay. It. It. It's. You know. Russia says democracy on their constitution. It says that it is a. You know. Federation. Blah blah blah. All this other crap. But when you look down at the at the brass tacks of the situation, Russia is. You know. It, it says federal it says you know a republic but in in essence it is a dictatorship it is a i mean it's communism light i would say you know looking at that cabinet meeting that you were talking about earlier if their checks and balances worked so great and their democracy was so free that guy would not have been so like shaky oh. speaking to putin saying they wrote they want to recognize ukraine as a uh independent country i don't think he would have been so nervous to say it because you look in that video that guy was like shaking oh yeah 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 if he the when he was and we can't there because there's no translate it's, you'd have to read the trend i can't bring it up on the on our screen because there's it's just the it's the uh all it is is a text of what it said and you, it's not even interpreted but um you guys go ahead and talk a little bit about this um I'll go ahead and talk a little bit more and I'll bring this, I'll, I'll just read the transcript from what this guy says. I have well, an I mean, interesting I mean, theory. That just kind of seems, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's not my own theory, but 
some guy I follow said this, and I was, it really had me wondering. So what if, let's put our tinfoil hats on for a second, right? <laughs> okay. I don't have mine on, but what if this was a brilliant move on U.S. intelligence, all this coming to light? And here, here's the theory. The news came out that the U.S. shared intelligence with China about Russia's move and saying, hey, uh, Russia's going to do this, whatnot. This is what we know. This is how we're preparing for it, whatnot. And then China went and shared that with Russia. Assuming that the knowledge that we gave them, what we told them is what they actually told Russia, being like, hey, the U.S. knows that you guys are going to do this. Uh, from talking with them, they're not going to send military troops to you guys. They're not going to send military troops to support Ukraine. So what if the U.S. planned on China to tell Russia that, hey, we're not going to do nothing pretty much. You're in the clear to take Ukraine. And then Russia decides to invade Ukraine, realizes that Ukraine's way harder than they realized. And now we have almost the entire world has turned on Putin and the regime that's in charge. Because think of it, too. This whole situation, NATO is without a doubt winning in this situation because they got two new countries. You got Ukraine who's now trying to become part of the EU and they were trying to become part of NATO. It's just a theory. I don't want to give the U.S. too much credit on this situation, if any credit. So I'll read this transcript as it is. And I'll, but it is an interesting theory. I'll, I'll let this, uh, so this is what, this is what the... I would like to agree with the suggestion of Nikolai Platonovich. This is the chief spy speaking, that we can give our Western partners one last chance. And so now he starts stuttering because he's getting a hairy eye from Putin, presenting them with a choice in the shortest time to force Kiev to choose peace and implement the Minsk agreement. In the worst case, we have to make the decision we are discussing today. Putin says, what does that mean in the worst case? Are you suggesting we start negotiations? And Putin says, a recognized sovereignty. Now you got this guy stuttering. And Putin says, speak plainly. He said, I will support the suggestion of recognition. I would support, speak, he's telling this guy, speak plainly. He said, I'm supporting the proposal. And then Putin says, say it like it is, yes or no. I support the proposal about the entry of the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics into the Russian Federation. We're not talking about that. We're not discussing that, Putin says. What are we, we're talking about recognizing their independence or not, yes or no. And the spy says, yes. I support the proposal to recognize their independence. Thanks. You can take your seat. So that is, and I mean, you can look that up, that it's, that uh, just looked it up as Putin has tense exchange with his chief spy. I would encourage you guys to look up that video on YouTube. When you watch this guy's body language, this guy's body language is, I mean, he is, he is as tight as he's tightly wound as it gets. And I mean, that just, and that's telling you that these guys do not, people are afraid to, people are afraid to cross Vladimir Putin. I, I mean, the more and more I look at this and the more and more stuff I see and 
the Russian people are not supporting this. The Russian his guys within his own cabinet are not supporting this. He's getting and as soon as like we've been saying, and as soon as this as soon as this whole thing starts imploding around him, I mean, and he better he better have a dang good reason. If he even if he starts talking that use of a, a nuclear weapon or I mean to me nuclear weapons and I said this last week nuclear weapons are serving one pers- purpose as a, a deterrent nobody nobody has threatened nobody that I know of unless you guys have heard something that I haven't heard nobody has threatened nuclear attacks on Russia or a nuclear launch on Russia so if you get a, I mean, how would you like to be the guy who launches the first nuclear weapon at somebody else? How is that going to be perceived by the rest of the world? What do you think? Again, it's, uh, I go back to looking at his, I, I don't know if they were generals or, or where they were at, you know, and, and the, hierarchy of the you know russian military but looking at those two when russia when when putin was giving the brief talking about how we're going to put our you know uh, nuclear weapons on high alert and just kind of seeing those generals just kind of look at one another as they're sitting there listening and you can just tell yeah the you know the writing is there on the wall i i can't imagine I, I i literally i can't imagine how at this point how this bodes well for him had had russia walked in and absolutely desecrated and demolished the ukraine and walked through really put a foot down and said this is ours now would have been a different story because then people would have been like oh crap yeah, yeah, Putin is about all that. But now we're seeing the doubt in his own cabinet, the doubt in the people around him, the doubt in his military. It's it's very it's it's very interesting now. Now the tide has definitely shifted in a way that I don't think he expected and I think that like we've talked about, I don't think other nations expected it either. You got to wonder how like you know Belarus is feeling because they've backed Russia throughout this. You know, they let Russia invade the Ukraine using their road systems. And what are the repercussions for them going to be? Because if Russia fails, then what happens to a nation like Belarus? What July. happens to these nations that you know had his back and to watch him get mauled over by Ukraine? You know, sure, with with the assistance of NATO and and you know European and Western nations, but aside from volunteers, this is the Ukrainian army and civilians that are laying boots to asses on Russia. And you can tell this is not a war that Russia wanted. Uh, like we said, apparently these these kids, the kids, were told, "Hey, this is a training exercise, guys. Relax." And then to find out, oh, by the way, we're shuffling, yeah, you know, we're we're shuffling you into the Ukraine, and and then to find out how many people are are dying, how well the Ukrainian military is fighting back, because it's not a training exercise to them. Uh, it, it's just not. You know, I. It'll be interesting. These, you know, 
the Ukraine uh, being able to hold is important, but let's not act like this is something that ends soon. Let's not act like the Ukrainians, like if the if the Ukrainian military is done, that it, it's just not nah, screw it. No, I mean, the Ukrainian civilians will stay and they will fight. Well, this and is, you're going to see this, you're going to see it'll turn into guerrilla warfare. It'll turn into grill. Yes. Yeah. Well, we, you're already seeing civilians throwing Molotov cocktails at tanks out of cars. I mean, I, I did see it was a good post that was that, you know, someone had said that was like you like people of the Ukraine. Take a look at what the United States did to win independence from Britain. Do you think we always fought fair? No. But did we win? Yes. And you know that kind of thing it, it it just it gets scary because you know imagine if a bunch of armed ukrainian citizens you know in an apartment complex light up a, a convoy with molotov cocktails and small arms fire and then the next thing you know an entire apartment complex is leveled by a single aircraft that's you know they've kind of been able to avoid that somewhat obviously there still have been civilian casualties i think it's uh, and i before we kind of wrap things up I, I would love if if mass civilian casualties happen in the ukraine due to the russian military do you think allies like the united states like nations in europe do you think that is when they send troops into the ukraine I've often wondered what it's going to take to get NATO troops on the ground. And I've been playing this back and forth. If in my mind, what I, what I see happening is if, so if they take Kiev to me, Kiev is going to be to Kiev is going to be the turning point. If they take Kiev and if they surround the city and they starve those, and I can, we said we had one of our commenters say earlier, it's, you know, the plan is going to be probably to surround them and starve them out. If if Kiev falls, all right, so then then they're going to start swinging north, north and west, and if they push towards Belarus and if they start marching through Belarus and they start marching towards Sweden and Finland. You know, I, I I think that we will, and this is just, again, purely speculation, but I see if they take Kiev and if they start marching west to the Ukrainian border that borders Poland, uh, Poland-Ukraine border there, if it comes to that point, I think NATO is going to say, okay, you have an option. If you don't want to get involved with us in the, four, the full force of our multinational army and all of the supplies that we can muster you're going to stop right where you're at you know this this peace talk that happened today broke down at about uh i believe it was about four o'clock our time three o'clock our time and there was nothing that came out of that out of that agreement there was out of that meeting and nato i i i really do think that after the if kiev falls that's that's going to be your next step towards NATO getting involved. If they take Kiev, they say, and then it'll be curious to see where the Russian troops go from there. If they move north and west, or if they move more west towards Poland, 
You're going to have a lot of nervous. Again, Travis and I have said history repeating itself, but you're going to have a number of nervous Poles who are going to be thinking 1939 all over again when Russia marched into the eastern border and the Germans marched into the western border. The the Poles are not going to take this sitting down, and they will they'll be they'll be angry, and I that's when I see it. So if if the Ukrainians can hold Kiev, you know that's going to be the key. I think. Yeah, I I agree with what you said there, and personally, you know, as as soon as we see like the Russian forces, like just blatantly targeting civilians and just not caring anymore. I mean, we're already seeing it, but to the point there's like masks, civilian casualties. I, I feel it's a responsibility and my opinion is biased, but I, I feel it's a responsibility for us to finally step in boots on the ground and not just us, but all of NATO. I feel like that's when NATO needs to step in. Well, and that's another thing I read. You mentioned that too, Travis. The international court system is there. There, I I forgot where I read this. They're already keeping tabs. You know, once you start racking up civilian targets and civilian lives, that it, those qualify as war crimes. Those that qualifies as war crimes, and that mm-hmm. that that will bring about some more poo that'll be stirred in there. So. We definitely, that's something else to, we need to be watching for. And if we want these laws to be taken serious, we have to uphold those laws. And we have to enforce them. That's Correct. So, Correct. And, you know, but we'll um, see what happens. My, my, last, my last question that I've got for you guys tonight before we kind of sign out of here. What, um, what are your guys' thoughts? Now, we've seen... Ukrainian celebrities, uh, sports stars, mayors, the president, you know, quite literally dig themselves in the trenches of this this war. If, and this is a big if, but obviously it's not an impossible if. If warfare came to the home front of the United States, do you see the same strength physically, mentally from our leadership that we've seen from the Ukrainian leadership. No. No. Zelensky, Zelensky, in my opinion. Leadership, no. No. Zelensky to me, and this guy, of course, was shrouded in the whole Trump scandal and all that stuff and trying to get him impeached and all that and everything. But if you read about this guy and you read about the ba- the you can't help but like this guy. Everything that I have read, per- I have not seen one, you know, I've read his, I was reading, before we went on tonight, I was reading his bio on Britannica.com and how he, he studied law and then how he went, he went into acting. He was an actor. I, I sent a text, the boys that Janine found this out in the, in the Ukrainian version of the Paddington Bear. The, the the live action movie Zelensky <laughs> Zelensky was the voice of Paddington. This guy, I mean, he's he's you know he's a common everyday guy. He was a common everyday guy. He is a you know working. He was a working class guy. Worked his way through to get his degree. He he doesn't come from the elite. 
He is a common everyday guy. And when and when Biden had proposed, I love the quote that he gave earlier this week when Biden had proposed, hey, we'll get you out of there. I'll send special elite forces to get you out of there. He said, I don't want a ride. I want ammunition. I mean, to me, this is a guy who's going to go down with the ship. He's going to be one of the last ones to t- be taken out. And mm-hmm. you, you're, I, I guarantee you, you won't. I, he's not hiding in a bunker. I, I bet money he's not hiding in a bunker. He does these. He does these selfie uh, on his uh, on his um, Instagram channel. He does lives on Instagram all the time of him walking around out on the streets. I mean, show me an American leader who would do that in time of war. I I I have nothing but praise for this guy. Travis? Yeah, it's 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 been pretty incredible to see um the leadership from Ukraine. And you know, the answer to first question, no, I don't think I don't see US leadership being near as strong as you know what we've seen with the Ukrainian government. However, I, I do have faith in our people. I, I really do have faith that if something was to happen, I I really do think that people would come together. I, and I, I think America would, would hold her own, but uh, you know, who knows times are changing and you know, I, I, I still have faith. I still have faith. Before we go tonight, I would also like to, Sean gave a nice little plug to American traditional coffee. Um, tonight's podcast is also sponsored by Van Beber and Sons uh, DJ services. We have booked our first three uh, engagements of the year this year. We have we like to do, we try to do about two to three weddings or events per month. Uh, right now, you can get ten percent off just for mentioning the Voice of Reason podcast. Um, you can call for we have we have pretty competitive rates, and if you would please, you can message me on. You can go to the the link in your in the. Uh, description here to our facebook page you can click on that you can message me directly um and i we would love to be able to help you out with your dj service needs and uh so please give us a check out on our web page as well yes yes absolutely and like we had said before if you are a local or small business and you know or if you know of a local or small business that's trying to get the word out, that's trying to get their brand out and about, please tell them to reach out to the Voice of Reason podcast Facebook page, uh, to myself, to Travis, or to Andy. Um, We'd love to be in talks with them about having some potential sponsorship opportunities for them as well. Please make sure that uh, you guys continue to give us a listen, whether it's on YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio, the list continues to just go on and on and on about where we are at. And I'm going to eventually have to type out a list so that I can physically read it whenever I go on on these things so that I can actually get them all right. Um, But please be a friend, tell a friend, uh, share these videos when you see us um, post them throughout the week. Uh, We definitely do appreciate the support and, and, Next week starts season season two. Holy cow! And, we'll, and our and our good friend Matt Edelman will be with us next week. Matt said to yes. apologize as we speak right now. Matt is cleaning out the old colon for the colonoscopy. Send good thoughts, prayers his way tomorrow morning. 
Mm. I told him be sure that you ask for their number and a pack of cigarettes when you are done. Oy vey. Oy vey. Gentlemen, before we sign out of here, is there anything else that you guys would like to add? Awesome that we see this this comment. Man, if you guys haven't weren't watching the comment box tonight, that thing was moving as fast as it could. Thanks to Murdog, uh, our guys on Twitter are on Twitch. We had a lot of comments from Twitch. We had some comments from Facebook Live. Man, I'm glad we have that up. Thank you guys so much for mm-hmm. participating with us tonight. Yeah, yeah, we love love the participation. Love to see people chiming. Uh, we love the engagement. So. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we appreciate all the support. Always. Thank you guys so much. We can't wait to chat with you guys next week. This has been the Voice of Reason podcast. We'll see you guys next time.